USA, USA, USA. Hey, I'm Andrew That's what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we get So the point being is good golfers are fucking dime a dozen. And we saw it in full swing with the line of demarcation between. Yeah, are you ready, bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. Welcome in, everybody. Happy Tuesday night here on Divots. And pivots. I'm Andrew Leduc, aka Mr. Mallard, joined as always by Bud Copeland, Chief of Morale over here. And we are officially a wrap on the PGA Tour, quote unquote, a regular season, if you want to call it that. But that doesn't mean we're done with golf. Ryder Cup coming up uh, roughly a month's time, almost to the day, actually. So uh, we got a whole month to talk about all these picks, all these snubs that we had, a lot of stuff to talk about Ryder Cup. But First, as always, let's fill the first five minutes of the show with Bud talking. Bud, how are you? <laughs> Shots fired early. Before we get on, you're talking shit. Uh, where, where? For those of you who are listening to this, where are you, Andrew? You're not in your normal studio, and neither am I. I'm outside. I got kicked out of the house a couple minutes ago. Yeah, I am in a new basement. There will be a change and move coming sometime in the next few months or so so big or, news. Or, the, or the next coming week so you'll see some different backgrounds for me but uh we'll get there uh as far as the downside. so big news coming from camp andrew but uh no just before we came down came on my my roommate goes so are y'all gonna are y'all gonna like keep doing this even though there there's no more golf and i was like oh god you poor <laughs> poor soul there's always golf there's always golf. And then there's the divot side of things, which we'll, uh, the pivot we'll talk side. about towards the end. The, the the pivot side. Sorry. God, sorry. I'm still elbow <laughs> deep in this tour championship. It was a really wonderful weekend for golf. Uh, the, I don't know. It's This is kind of, it's funny for me because it feels a little bit like, you know, the new, the, the Patriots was it 2018 or whenever, when they went undefeated 2017, um, they get to the super, the, the 18 and undefe- season undefeated that was like 2007 my bro whatever dude i <laughs> you're I'm full new, 10 I'm, years off <laughs> i'm new i'm new here but it has that same feeling where maybe the best team or the best player might not have you know overall might not have finished on top mm-hmm. but the whoever was playing the best at the end finished on top and that was absolutely sure. the case with victor hovland going 61 63 and back-to-back sundays and it, it wasn't even close, you know, it, it got down to three strokes at one point. And I thought if, you know, if Xander can, if Xander can roll another one in, make this a little interesting, it's two down and you still have 15 up there, but 15, that's this. Okay. Riddle me this 15 was the long par three that basically went to an Island or a peninsula green. Uh, Scotty mm-hmm. Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler made a six made a triple bogey there early to really bring the tournament back. Scheffler had this thing at five. He had a five stroke lead on, Thursday at one point, and it was to look like we were going to talk about Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns' love affair for the next four <laughs> days. That's, I mean, that's part of the reason Sam's there, but we'll get to the Ryder Cup in a minute. Sure. And Scheffler Chef, drinks one, 
you know, wets one and then three putts. And they all of a sudden, this is a new tournament. And Victor Hovland, God, I mean, everything's clicking right now. I don't know if you saw his press conference when they were talking about the money side of things. And then John Rahm had a, had a comment, interestingly enough, about the money side of things. I want to get your take on. Yeah. But he said, you know, money goes a long way in Stillwater, Oklahoma, basically. And you know, the fact that he just won $18 million. I love that he doesn't have like something. He probably will take his boys on some celebratory trip, you know, a golf trip for the guys. He's going to spend some time in Norway. Hopefully he fills up on Chipotle because if it, <laughs> hey, where he went. Victor, if they don't have one over there, send, you know, send us the receipt. We'll ship it to you. I know you can, I know you can afford it, but we want to make sure you can get it. So we'll be your Chipotle brokers if <laughs> needs be. Although if he's living in Stillwater, Oklahoma, he's got access to better burritos than Chipotle. He's just oh, famous for, sure. for uh, he's famous for some comments about Chipotle previously, but Victor Hovland, you got to love him. He's a great kid. He's going to go back to Norway and spend some time with his buddies and then get ready for the Ryder cup down at Marco Simone yep. in Rome, which shout out to my sister. She, uh, look at that. there it is. Sent me this nice, but joy. It's one of those like really nice material kind of things. You don't yeah, that, new, like that newer, like almost silky type material. Like, yeah, but those, for those yeah. of you listening to this, it's a, it's a, basically it's a Navy blue foot joy, Ryder Cup polo and as a golf shirt figured it was uh, pretty much going to be the uniform for the next month because while it is almost a month away or it's pretty much smack dab a month away we've got a lot to dig into we will visit Rome and Marco Simone the the location as well as you know some some Ryder Cup history we will get into the European team when they get announced but today it's all about Team USA and so uh, I, I keep get I keep wanting to get there because it's all I've been consuming. But well, back, before, and I bring it up because hopefully Victor Hovland will be overstuffed with Chipotle when he gets to Rome, and maybe that takes him off of his form because right now he, he can't go any wrong. Xander Shoffley said it himself: I sh- I've never had mm-hmm. so much fun losing. He shot sixty-two on Sunday and lost by five. And uh, yeah. But interestingly enough, if you don't account or if you don't allow those starting strokes, if you just go head to head, they both shot 19 under. So once again, we, yep. were, we were X marks the spot. We had the uh, we had the we had the guy there at the end and you have come full circle on the Norwegian sensation. Victor, yeah. tell me about your love story with Mr. Victor and how it's going for you, too. Yeah, I need to uh, stand here and admit uh, my wrongdoings to the public and, and this this court case of me uh, calling calling Victor uh, prematurely at, what was it, maybe like two months ago or so. I forget exactly how long ago it was. But here on this channel, I uh, I did call him uh, a choke artist, I believe my exact words were. Uh, and that was coming off of some major Sunday kind of collapses and some other Sunday tournament. Uh, maybe not even collapses, but just below expectation plays uh where he could have made a chance made a run to win uh and he put me he put that to bed he put me to shame he proved me wrong you know because he's definitely listening to everything i say um but, but, look, this, but, but this is the victor hovland that i've i've wanted to see all these weeks that i that i've i've pushed him like this is the victor hovland that is fun to watch where he's literally out there you can see it on his face as he's playing he's having a good time and sure it's easy to have a good time playing golf when you're playing good golf um but it didn't seem like the pressure was bothering him at all. Even when Xander was creeping up on him there at the end on Sunday. And by at the end, I mean, that was what he was down three at right around the turn. It was like whole 10 or 11, I think. Um, so it was very much well in range for Victor to collapse and Xander to make a push. Uh, he handled it. 
and he he kept the the pedal down and he pushed. So Victor Hovland, uh, showing why he's going to be a star on this European team this year. Yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to remember that he had some I don't know if collapses is the right word, but it's a little it's harsh. probably too strong. Yeah, no, but I think that 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 actually goes along with the expectations that we have of Victor Hovland because he is a U.S. amateur winner. He did go to Oklahoma State. He has played on all these international teams as an amateur, and uh, there was a lot expected of him. And he won his amateur at Pebble Beach too. It was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. So. When he wins the Memorial and then, you know, doesn't win the U.S. Open, but he was up there. That's I think that's why it's like, oh, we thought you were going to really just ride that wave. But right. since winning the Memorial back in June, he he finished 19th at the uh, U.S. Open T20. Oh, hold on there, bud. You want to you want mute there for a second? At, you back? There yeah, you go. 25 at the uh, Where do you do T13, the Open Championship team, FedEx St. Jude. The BMW wins the tour championship. He just, I guess he's just. I still got you. Keep talking. You're there. No, I'm, I'm frustrated with myself for not getting more than we were big on Victor, or at least I have been bit big on Victor before and selected him a lot. But I think once he crept up into the first tier, so the other league has wrapped up. I did not make the tour championship finals in my other league, and I laid a big old goose egg. Uh, I actually wasn't that bad. I picked Rory uh, to, to win this week, and that was before I had heard about him tweaking his back. Yeah. But, uh, but, but that's wrapped up. Our our uh, our competition is wrapped up, and I got a feeling I'm about to eat a lot more crow. What did uh What did our season shape out to be like? I had to go overcome something big, and it did not work out for me. Yeah, no. So uh, I don't have the exact numbers here in front of me because I got so caught up in work that I forgot to actually do the math. So I'll post that on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. Uh, but I did win. Uh, I don't have the right numbers, but I, I had uh, like a 120 point lead going into the, the tour championship, um, and I believe I I can tell you right now I. Um, I, I, I won the week. So, I mean, that's why I know confidently that I won, but, um, that's going to, we're going to put that on, on some merch as well. I won the yeah, week. I won, I won the tour championship week, five eighteen to four ninety four. So, uh, we both had good weeks. We both had a bunch of guys in the top 10, so it, it really worked out, but, um, I, I did edge out. Uh, so that's that the fantasy Check mind, on. uh, rules, r- rules here this year. We'll see how it turns out next year. You there with me? Now, 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 Bud, if you're watching, Bud is talking, uh, but we're having some audio. He's he's attempting to uh, do the show from outside tonight because he had some aspirations of hitting some uh, golf shots uh, while he uh, did the show, um, which would have been fantastic. But uh, he'll be back with us here. You back now? Uh, we'll see. There we go. There we go. It's going to be touch and go here for the rest of the show. Like you said, I'm outside at the, uh, the remote office. All right. It's all good. BMW championship, anything else worth kind of talking about or noting? Like I said, Victor had it locked up early and it wasn't really after that. Yeah. I was gonna say after that, everyone kind of did exactly what we thought they were going to do. The guys we thought would stay steady, stayed steady. I mean, like you, like you alluded to earlier, the, the, I guess the biggest surprise was the, the, the terrible round one that Sheffield got off to that really opened this whole thing up because I even think that if he even just goes a couple under and, and keeps the pace there, um, like it changes the maybe the attitude or the 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 just the way that these guys are carrying themselves going into the second round. But the second they saw that door open, 
Uh, we saw a t- Rory try to even with her back, like he was he was still doing his best out there. Keegan made a push. Obviously, Victor made the push. So I mean, we had we had some. And we're gonna get to Keegan here in a little bit because he's a definitely notable uh, rider snub. So we'll we'll get to our feelings on that. But um, yeah, other than other than that, the Tour Champion kind of championship. I say you know what? That's a lie. The only other big surprise here was how poorly Lucas Glover performed. He was he was the one who was like I mean we were toting he we thought he had a chance of making this Ryder Cup team but after this week, um, man I don't know what happened to him I don't know if he just he exerted so much energy on those other those two weeks back I mean, to back that it just caught up to him like it's got to be something like that right this level of golf is no joke and I think you're right it's one of those things his wave just peaked his wave crested a little too early and it crashed at East Lake because he came out shot 72 and basically shot himself out of the tournament. Yeah. And then finished up going 67, 69, 70. So, you know, I don't want to get there just yet because I was about to turn into Sam Burns. But you are right. Everything kind of played out. I'm I'm wildly shocked at the Scheffler collapse because it was it was shot making that 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 kind of screwed him over in the end, which ironically enough, you look at the stats, he finished first in everything, everything except for putting, basically was yep. he you know statistically was his so here's the question he has the kind of year he had john rom four wins masters champ now scotty scheffler won only won twice this year which sounds like a disappointment so he only the, won twice but he did them in it was back-to-back appearances right or no john rom was one who did back-to-back appearances not tournaments but still scheffler won twice within like a month or a month like he did it within like close weeks close proximity to each other it was very early in the season though i believe well he won the players yeah, which, I mean, that's going to carry weight throughout the entire season anyways. That's one of those tournaments. But do you go with one of them for player of the years? And, and well, I'm not going to get to the specifics of what the different trophies are. Do you sure. go with player of the year for them, for with one of those guys? Or do you go with Victor Hovland considering he also has, you know, three wins on the year, including the FedEx Cup, the tour championship, you know, the, the memorial, yep. which is an elevated event. And I think that is going to be one of those kind of lines of who's better than who. So I'm going to answer your question partially and then leave the second part of that as a, a question to you as well to, because I think it's interesting here um, because it, for me, it is between Rom and, and Hovland for sure. Uh, what Rom did to start the year off um, was extremely impressive and but what Hovland has finished the year off here is also impressive. He to get back to back wins in the playoffs and, and round it out here. Um, but do you think that because they are smaller fields in the playoffs, do, does does the the added pressure of it being the playoffs outweigh the the smaller field, or does that balance out the smaller field to where that win still carries the same? The fact that he went back to back in the playoffs compared to back to back in a hundred and fifty man field, does that I think does that it- do anything for you as far as change your opinion of it? Yeah, it carries a lot more weight when uh, the playoffs are the playoffs for a reason. You know, everybody gets the connotation of, all right, everything up to now is kind of moot and you start over and it's just, you know, every man for himself. But they, and the way they kind of replicate that with these playoffs is obviously having cuts after every week, but also quadrupling the points. Tyrrell Hatton said it. He's like, you know, I played my ass off all year, but I've just had two shitty weeks. And that happens all the time. I, again, I allude to the Patriots. Going- you went mute again on us, bud. There, hold on. Motherfucker. I cannot, I cannot mute you. You're good. I alluded to the Patriots, you know, going undefeated last year and then losing in the Super Bowl. 
but it happens a lot. You know, the the Golden State Warriors with their perfect season, then getting crushed by LeBron and, and uh, Kyrie. So, Bruins. I mean, so many so, examples of it. So I do put some extra weight on the fact that he won those two tournaments of his three. Scotty's two were the waste management and uh, and the players, like I said. So two pretty big events in their own right. And yep. there's the whole statistical thing. So I guess it just comes down to, and then of course you've got John Rom, like you said, four wins, and he's it's almost one of those like Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady type uh, comparisons. What do you value as representative of greatness and achievement? Uh, people talk about Aaron Rodgers is just kind of like a freak out there, like Patrick Mahomes uh, with with his abilities, but he doesn't have the hardware to prove it. Yeah. So this is I'm starting to. I don't want to say even saying getting getting worried about what the FedEx Cup playoffs look like uh, is too strong um, because I I think they're incredibly enjoyable to watch from an entertainment standpoint and I love the the competition and I love the way it shakes out it works for me um, but the, I'm starting to notice a pattern here that uh, Lucas Glover wins back to back leading into the playoffs and then Victor Hovland wins back to back in the playoffs last year um, who the hell was it that won back to back in the playoffs then too. Um, why am I blanking on who that was? But what was that? Patrick Cantlay? No. No, no, it wasn't Cantlay. No, no. But but the fact that we're, it's just it's something that we start off every golf season from a fantasy standpoint saying that we don't bet on back-to-back wins in, in right. golf. And it, it happened start, a couple times. It's starting to become a little bit more common and not to the point where I'm going to say that it's – Zalatoris. Thank you. Will Zalatoris, yeah. Because then but, he has a back thing. But, but but because it's now two years in a row we've had back-to-back in the playoffs and we had it twice this year, that's – I am starting to wonder. I don't want – here's the thing is I don't want the playoffs to change. Like I said, it's entertaining. It's great golf. I, I want to see this type of competition. Um, but it is kind of making me value the some of these other tournaments within season to where I, I think I do lean giving Rom player of the year because I think winning total four times on tour, I know he didn't have it here at the end, but to win four times on tour throughout the year spread out, that speaks to a little bit more longevity than Hovland getting hot at the right time for me. Fair enough. I, I, I'd still go back to also you asked about the size of the field and how it's yep. smaller and everything. I honestly don't think that matters because you go you go to back to an interview Brooks Kepka gave one time and he broke down men- mentally and he, and they were like how do you maintain your demeanor in that headspace and everybody gets there in different ways and his of course mm-hmm. is a kind of macho you know die win or die kind of mentality but he says in my head I'm really kind of competing I know I got to beat about 10, 10 or twelve guys. He's like out here on the tour, as good as everybody is, you know, the reality is that like, you know, like 70% of these people starting and now I'm going off the cuff a little bit on what he said. I don't know the numbers exactly, but he was talking about how 75% of these guys aren't going to win. They just don't. And so I know they're not going to make the cut or they're not going to be competing. He's like, I know I'm confident enough in my abilities that I'm only competing with 20, 30 guys out there. There might be an occasional rando that jumps into the mix here and there. But by and large, they know who the who the dogs are, or whose game is sure. in, in current form, so to speak. So I don't think that size matters here because we're talking about only when 
only when uh, the cream of the crop is performing at high levels and then they get to stick around, they get to stick around, they get to stick around. I mean, again, it's a, they, I think they've done a great thing with the playoff structure. I like yes. it. I think all the, all, I think they can keep tweaking it with the numbers. And maybe like you said, you pointed out the weight that they put behind some of these tournaments mid year or towards the end They're they're already doing that with increasing the number of points in some of these des, or designated fine. or wait, they're not designated events anymore. What are we, we're, or elevated now elevated they call them That's elevated right. i think now we'll see if that changes this year but you make a solid point there because all these these changes i think us as fans and us especially as analysts we uh, people who sit here and try to talk off and, and give our opinions sometimes hardline opinions on this we do need to remember from both sides of it that these are in in the the vacuum world of golf the changes that have been made over the last couple of years here and especially this past year are massive changes when you compare them to what the history of golf has been. It's going to take time to figure out the kinks and to figure out what works exactly uh, the best for, for these changes. So I'm willing to give it some time here. Like that's why I'm not like, like I said, the playoffs work for me. I'm just starting to notice a pattern. I'll be curious to see if the pattern continues, but it's just something I'm paying attention to, but I still think the playoffs work. I think it's the best version of any playoffs they've put out. Uh, to this date for golf. Fair enough. We had one year where I think somebody who didn't even play in two of the tournaments, but it'd been like VJ Singh, like just sat mm. out two of the tournaments and then showed up for the tour championship. Yeah. Didn't even win that, but because the way they had it back then was just purely I remember a points that, race. Which so, we don't want because the point of the playoffs, we want those weeks to have the all of the best guys out there playing. It shouldn't be an option to be able to sit it out. Well, we want, a, we want another major or a Super Bowl or a winner-take-all kind of vibe like you do in every other sport right. uh, when you whittle it down to the champ for the year. And they've done a good job turning, quote-unquote, the league champ into something that's uh, worthy of worthy of aspiration and admiration. But I like mm-hmm. something you just pointed out, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on that. You mentioned the fan Whoa. experience of all this and how we look at this and one of the things that just jumps out everybody knows how much did victor get 18 million like i mean everybody yeah. knows that's a big payday i mean that's yeah. bigger than anything that live hands out you know even if you go the team win and the individual win it's a metric fuck ton of money yeah. now john rom today or yesterday sometime recently was talking about it annoys him and i think i found my new sun devil to hate <laughs> phil mickelson also went to arizona state their buddies it annoys him how the commentators and the analysts and the bloggers and all the talk, all the talking heads get the way that we talk about how, like, if he misses this putt, he's, you know, he's going to lose $3.2 million yeah. or he's going to drop this in the leaderboard. Newsflash, John, your personal aspirations mean absolutely zilch to me. And so I don't really care. Like they didn't say, I wonder if he's thinking this or, you know, it's got to be on his mind. We know that you're a professional. We hope you're not thinking in those terms. That's how amateurs sure. would think. If I miss this putt, I'm going to lose 20 bucks and, you know, have to wear a dress next week. Not that I wasn't yeah. going to wear it anyways. You should see it show off my legs, <laughs> but shut up. I don't, I think it was an opinion that I, that I love John Rahman. I think he's wonderful and, you know, passionate guy. He did own up and flat out said it. He goes, I know I'm speaking, saying this from a privileged position, but I got to let you know, sure. those thoughts are not going through our head when we're out there, you know, making those putts. We want to win and we want to beat our competitors. I, 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 he is probably talking about the Ryder cup level players and we'll get into that here in a minute. Yeah. Uh-huh. But because they are the, the, you know, the most elite golfers kind of out there. This is the closest thing that we have to an all-star game in the professional game. Yeah. But for him to go out and be like, that annoys him, shut it. Because, you know, 
without that, without this, without that kind of metric, then it's just watching your watching random people play golf, really good golf, you know, hitting the ball, doing things that we can, you and I can never dream of. Yep. But at the end of the day, just don't be that naive. Go back to talking about Kumbaya. We need to all be friends because they, there was another kind of not olive branch, but that wink, wink, nod, nod. Golf is golf mm-hmm. with Brooksy getting the nod today. But before we go into Ryder Cup, I got to ask you, highs and lows from the year. What were the things? What was something that you genuinely remember? Or, you know, what, what was your favorite moment from this year, the PGA Tour season? And was there anything that you're kind of still stuck in your craw? Um, oh, you threw me off, off, off balance with that uh, question. Fine. Um, I'll go first. Yes, please. The, <laughs> the thing I'm looking forward to the most. All right. Now the thing that still kind of not pisses me off or that I'm kind of like, uh, about was, uh, Brooksy falling apart at the masters. Yeah, but sure. that, but that also set the stage for him to come back. And what is my kind of runner up or one a moment of the year? I already talked about it in another show about it was my favorite major this year was seeing Brooksy because of the storyline, him bouncing back yep. uh, after that collapse. But outside of the majors, I think my favorite moment of the year was the RBC heritage for a handful of reasons. First of all, I just shit all over this guy. First of all, you had John Rom <laughs> show up fresh off the Masters and give a wonderful, you know, yes. kind of reasoning behind it. You know, you have Jordan Spieth whining about his, I might have to rethink my schedule if this is how. Shut up, dude. There's a lot of rain this year. It's not always going to be like that. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's gorgeous in Augusta for all four days. But John Rom comes out and says, if I was one of those little kids and and I had a ticket to this tournament, I would want to go see the, the current Masters yeah. champion. I made a commitment to the tournament. I'm going to follow through. You love seeing that. Uh, because we also remember Rory had to pull out a couple times earlier this year. And we now know looking back, most likely it was for either mental health or just capacity reasons. I don't want to say mental health and that kind of connotation, but he probably knew that he was yeah. spreading himself a little thin and he even admitted it, especially now with tiger in there kind of, you know, throwing his weight around. He's like, it's nice to be able to focus back on just the golf. So John Rom started that week for me and it's Hilton head, which I've, I used to go to as a kid all the time. My sister was a very good, same sister who sent me this shouts, Mandy. Uh, she played tennis at West Virginia university, but before that, she was a really good junior tennis player. So we'd go down to Hilton Hood for, for these tournaments all the time. So I just love that, that space always been kind of partial to that tournament, the tartan jacket, that kind of plaid jacket that they hand out, I think is kind of cool, mm-hmm. but then you yeah, had I like the that play- one, but then you had the playoff and Matt Fitzpatrick and Jordan Spieth going blow for blow. And the right guy came ahead in my opinion, and Matty Fitzpatrick, because also he's got that, that is his, like his family used to vacation there when he was a kid, you know, they used to always, it always holds a special place in his heart. And I know that's kind of going against the grain a little bit because Jordan Spieth's my boy, but uh, I, I, that's what really stuck out for me as kind of the high point of the year. So many other good moments. Like I love seeing Scotty win the players, uh, the players, sorry. I love seeing Keegan Bradley win twice. Uh, but yeah, for me, maybe, Matty Fitzpatrick. And every Jordan time a Spieth, new one pops in my head, you keep, you keep stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> keep throwing it out there been, i been shouldn't there. have let you go first <laughs> been there before well how about this we'll just move right into uh right into the, our shouts to underdog fantasy and come back yeah. and get this Ryder cup business because there's a lot to chew on and perfectly timed that matt fitzpatrick jordan spieth kind of playoff might be a singles match that we see or or, or maybe well not could be we'll mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. we'll be right back to find out what our thoughts are on the Ryder cup 
Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Good girl, Gingerbread indeed. And obviously the big news of the day, and you mentioned it kind of leading in here. We were talking quickly about Keaton Bradley. I would like to start there because that was one of my favorite parts of the season. That's a whole. You were looking for specific events, but I think one of my favorite season-long storylines was this this return of Keegan Bradley. Maybe that's a little too dramatic because he never really disappeared. Uh, but I think it felt Oh, like- yeah, he did. Full MIA. He was off the grid. He was beyond where Jordan Spieth got to a couple of years ago. So It felt, I- like, he, it felt like he was disappearing. And that was something Keegan Bradley, obviously, you know, a Massachusetts native, a New Englander, uh, someone who was just easy to root for, root for for a guy like me who grew up here. So um, love seeing him return. The putter came in strong, uh, snubbed from the Ryder Cup. And now here's the thing. Well, we all real ahead, quick but, before we get into the snubs, let's just set the yeah. table for, yes. every, for everyone. Ryder Cup's coming up. It's at the end of next month. Marco Simone outside of Rome. The Americans have not won this on foreign soil since 1993 at the Belfry. Mm-hmm. All right. And last time we were across the pond was 2018 at Le Golf National. And I'm butchering all of this, but we were outside of Paris. Yeah. Got our asses handed to us. And I mean, the yeah. pendulum swung back big time to, you know, to 2021 in Whistling Straits where we won by 10. But I go back to we haven't won this thing on foreign soil in quite some time. And we're going to be talking all about the Americans today. But before we go any further, just to explain this, six people automatically qualify through points. And those guys, uh, oh, my God, where'd you go? Where's the Team USA uh, points qualifiers? Those guys are Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Ricky Fowler. Oh, sorry. Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and Xander Shoffley. Sorry, there we go. And right already you've got couple of major winners in there you got patrick cantley who is just a monster he's a robot scotty scheffler who's the most, who's number one golfer in the world max homa who's on the rise and xander shoffley so we're feeling fresh we're feeling confident we like that pause the europeans do it a little bit differently they've got they they too have six automatic qualifiers and six captains picks but they do three spot they do two different point systems because they have players that are all over the world they do like your european yeah. ranking and your world ranking and Which makes perfect who, sense yeah, absolutely. It's like the it's like the old BCS structure for college football championships. Works for yeah. me. But the guys who are already kind of punched their tickets so far are Tyrrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm. I mean, even if those four guys played every single match, it would be we got some tough sledding ahead of us. So yeah. We will get more into the European team once they make their final picks, which is going to come after this week. They got another week of competition and then they'll lock in those guys who are, who are pretty much cinched up and they've got their place, their, their, uh, their spots secured. Tommy Fleetwood is on the bubble. So is Matt Fitzpatrick. He's on the bubble and Bob, 
Bobby Fitzpatrick, Robert Fitzpatrick, the guy who is it Bob? McIntyre Fitzpatrick. McIntyre, I was gonna say I knew you. I knew Bob you McIntyre, Fitzpatrick. the guy who Rory, the guy who Rory crushed his dreams at the Scottish Open this I year. Know, I know. He is sitting in that fifth, uh, that fifth spot right now too. So it looks like you know Fitz, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, and Bobby McIntyre, not Fitzpatrick, Jesus, yeah. are gonna be kind of the anchor for that team over there. I, now, we have we have our work cut out ahead of us, but like you said, one of the names that was not automatically selected through points was Keegan Bradley. Take it away. Yeah, yeah. So actually, now because you've just brought up a question in my head, before we even get into the details of Keegan Bradley and the other Talk guys on the team, because you mentioned a very good point, the fact that it's been so long since the U.S. has won on foreign soil, and let alone in recent years on foreign soil has even shown up. So. What do you think the reason is for that? Do you, is it strictly like the whole the fact that the fans are more into? Is it an atmosphere issue that the U.S. team is having over there, or is it the style of golf course? Like, what do you think is the main reason that U.S. is uh, struggling on foreign soil, soil in the last, you know, two decades? One factor's got to be style of play. European European golf is just a different style of play because of the elements, because of the layout of the, some of these courses they play that are older and more traditional. I, I liken it to the difference between growing up playing Florida golf and southeastern courses and then all of a sudden playing these New England courses that are challenging in a whole different way. Uh, notably, in 1997, they're over at Valderrama in Spain, and Seve set up that course specifically to almost shorten it and make sure that guys like Tiger and Phil, who were known as bombers, couldn't just overpower it. Or Davis Love the Third and Tiger. I'm um, sure I think Phil was on that team too, but uh, yeah. he wasn't really known for bombing it so much back then as a short game. But anyway, those those kind of moves right there, playing to your strengths and knowing your your players, I think that's one reason. Uh, another one has got to be has got to be a little bit of just vibe and pride where our our ad, the atomization of our society, the individualistic nature of the game, and then all of a sudden the advent of social media and the me culture yeah. automatically softens us to the idea idea of we. Even coming off of uh, of nine eleven, you know, it was it wasn't very long before the the task force was created because our Ryder Cup teams were in such disrepair, and we were just getting our asses handed to us over there. Yeah. We looked, we looked like a bunch of jokes, um, and we looked like we kind of not looked like a joke, but we we didn't really put up too much of a fight in Paris a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I do think there's home field advantage is real. Uh, the atmosphere aspect of it is real. I don't think it's going to bother this group as much. I think the metal toughness aspect of the game, these guys are used to actually, no, I take that back automatically while I'm saying it. I do think it's, well, you, there's a reason that you pick some of these guys uh, well, in this and, atmosphere. And that's, I think a perfect segue into Keegan Bradley, who has been the most vocal, if you want to say quote unquote snub. Now maybe snub is too, um, too dramatic again here uh, because you could make an argument for him. We said this the last couple of weeks, you can make an argument for him. You can make an argument against him. It wasn't like he should have been a shoe in and he didn't get it. and was looked over, but something he alluded to in comments today was that the picks were almost of a, a, a popularity club kind of picks uh, for guys who got along. And he alluded to how he's been trying to, get in with the with some of these guys who he thought was going to make the team and, and get closer with them so that he could kind of build a rapport with them um, and that he still feels overlooked and that he's always felt overlooked uh, in his career on the PGA Tour. This is, well, I think this is a good segue is because you mentioned the whole me culture and the lack of team, the idea of team we in, in recent past. 
do you think that is a main reason why Zach Johnson went with some of the picks he went so that he, he went with guys who were close, who were mentally comfortable with each other, whether it's calling each other out or building each other up? Like, do you think that played a big role into Zach Johnson's picks here? Because it, it certainly seems like a, someone like Justin Thomas, who I think we, we both agreed was um, had the skill and the history to to kind of show up in the Ryder Cup, but he's definitely not in great form right now. So there was plenty of arguments to go against Justin Thomas, but at the same time, it makes perfect sense for him to be there because they needed some veteran presence when it comes to Ryder Cup, and he's been in four Ryder Cups to this point. Quote, I've always been an outsider in the sport, but I have tried to get closer to the guys that I thought would be on the team. I feel like moving forward, I'm going to have to automatically qualify for the Ryder Cup. So that's yeah. what Keegan apparently put out there after. Those are pretty harsh words towards yeah. Zach. Maybe not towards Zach Johnson specifically, but towards the culture of American golf. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know if they're harsh. I think they're real. I think it's uh, you know when it does come down to team sport, you asked about why haven't we won overseas, and part of it is because with the captains' picks. Now the captains' picks used to be fewer. They used to only do two and then four. So yeah. the fact that you can make up half of your team means that you've got a bigger – the variable that you can control the most now is the quote-unquote vibe, the connections or the personalities. And so you look at who was picked because we, have we haven't even finished that, out the team. I got so excited. Yep. And, he, <laughs> and Zach Johnson comes on. And by the way, I, I, I watched it earlier. It was very – PGA of America. Come on. Come on. Let's uh, let's we could add, we could have added some production value. Oh, hold on, let me unmute you. I don't know what's going on with your mute button. It's there we could go. we could have gotten some production value out of this. You could have gotten a solid you know 30, 45 minutes of good content. And then, yeah, wasn't it basically like a zoom call with all like it, six of them on there? Literally, it was literally a zoom <laughs> call. It complete with can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Yep, okay, right, yeah. good, good. Congratulations, good. you made the Ryder Cup. Like, I mean, and just this? the same kind of shit we opened up with where I was commenting on what's over your shoulder. They're like, Ricky, thanks for positioning that Ryder Cup there. So, Ricky Fowler, <laughs> Sam Burns, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. Now, yes. back to your question about whether those were harsh words or, you know, reacting to, you know, reacting to his reaction. I think for him, it's the reality setting in of Beak because he also talked about a lot of his good buddies on tour went over to live. And now he's like, shit, now I'm just kind of out sure. here. And he did focus on his game and he brought it back. But if you go through these guys, who do you, who do you take away and why? So that's why I'm not, that's why I, I felt like it was a bit dramatic to even use the word snub earlier, but that was obviously the, 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 the punch word that you use in these situations. Um, I, I think I thought he was going to get a, I thought he was going to get get the call. So I thought he was too because it, as I mentioned last week, his putter has been so hot, and the rest of his game has been solid enough to where it felt like he was going to have that that edge they, that they needed in certain situations. Um, and he, so I was a fan of Keegan Bradley making the team, but at the same time, um, I think an argument could have even been made for Cam Young to get it on get in over Keegan Bradley, and the, those were the two guys that I thought had a chance that maybe you maybe you take out a. Um, a Colin Morikawa or a Sam Burns, like those, are like but 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 you see your face right there says it all. You say those names and you're like, nah, like it makes sense why those guys are in there. 
Well, Sam was the bubble boy. That's no secret. You go through, yeah. and Johnson even said it, Brooks basically qualified on points for all intents and purposes. Uh, and I think yep. to top, on top of that, he is a bulldog. He is a get the fuck out of my way. We're going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to grab club, ball, hit, go. Like, that's Brooksy, and I love it. <laughs> yep. Colin Morikawa. So now we get into those kind of strokes gained home life, you know, those off the field t- things. Colin Morikawa, A, is one of the best ball strikers on the planet two-time major winner knows how to play under pressure. Uh, and also he is a buddy of Max Homa automatic qualifier. So you talk about thinking in terms of pairs and, you know, they're both, they both went to Cal. I almost, I almost rhymed Cal bears with pairs, but you almost th- you have to think about that. And then when Jordan Spieth is, you know, was there at seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range where you're like, come on, it's Jordan Spieth too. Like he's been on yep. the last four Ryder cups. He's a staple. But then that also comes with, well, then that means you got to bring JT. And Zach even said it. The guy's 6-2-1 and one in his Ryder Cup career. You know, he he was the only bright spot, really, when 2018 he went 4-0-1 and one over in Paris in his rookie his rookie mm-hmm. Ryder Cup. So it, people have short memories, and we, we think it's all about the now and how he almost made the FedEx. He needed to make the playoffs, you know, take three steps back, and you're putting together this puzzle. They're a natural pair, and they're, for the next, I want to say, like maybe three or four Ryder cups, they're going to be almost automatic on there as long as they stay in professional golf, because they do play well together. They're comfortable. And when you're playing these best ball and alternate shot matches, it is a different mentality because once again, it's not just on you go out and go out and play four balls, uh, play four balls, play that alternate shot format. And it's, it's tough. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it takes a whole different type of game. You can't just plug and play these guys. So, I hear you on whether they were harsh or whatnot. I think Keegan was just kind of keeping it real. You know, it's like he didn't yeah. do, he didn't go all Patrick Reed and try to be you know critical and lack awareness. I mean, he's just kind of matter of fact about it where like, I guess, you know, I, I need to play a little bit better next time. And I like that. He said that approach. He didn't say, I guess I got to, you know, I got to go win a popularity contest, but you're right. He kind of said sure. it was an undertone. It was definitely an undertone though. And then if you go, you talk about Ricky Fowler is the most likable human being on earth, apparently, and he's flexible. He can putt his brains out. He's putting well right now. And then you get to the bubble boy, Sam Burns, and that's why he's there and Cam Young's not. Cam Young's like 140-something in putting on the tour and putting will win or lose Ryder cups. I mean, this, all this, all this, all this is once this starts is pressure packed putts and gimmies and strategically played shots like that kind of shit. But putting is what it comes down to. And then the last piece for, for Sam Burns was he's buddies with Scotty Scheffler. They're friends from Texas. So you've got another natural pairing there to go out. And I think that you're actually going to see that. I think you're going to see at least one of these, one of these sessions and as a quick refresher to you, because I know you don't eat, live, sleep and breathe the Ryder cup like I do, but they play three days. The final day is 12 singles matches. Everybody goes out there and plays. And then the other days they do, they do alternate shot and best ball and, you know, in foursomes basically. Mm -hmm. And so they only play eight guys out of the roster. Any, any one of these sessions, morning and afternoon, both days. Sure. I think you're going to see Wyndham Clark on the bench. I think you're going to see Brian Harmon on the bench and I think you might actually see Brooksy on the bench a little bit uh, because you do have those natural pairings out there. Now, sure. Xander, Sh- Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, we, we glossed right over. They were a wrecking crew at Whistling Straits. So, I, I yes. mean, I, as far as firepower is concerned, 
it's there. So I think at that point, you have to think about chemistry. You have to think about vibe, as the kids would say. And yep. uh, and you got to get some killers out there who want to win as bad as they wanted to at Kiowa in 91 and the war on the shore. So you, mentioned, so you mentioned Sam Burns. Being, oops, and I just hit my desk. I apologize for the shake. Uh, you mentioned Sam Burns being the obvious bubble boy. Um, yeah, there are I, others. There are others that, that were but, snubs. But you're, but you're 100% right because Sam Burns was the guy that over the last couple of weeks we were saying could be in, could be out late. The true bubble boy. Do you think – now this is maybe an off-the-cuff off kind of left-field opinion here. Do you think there was a bit of – I don't want to say popularity because we've already mentioned that it's not a popularity contest, but Sam Burns is much more active in the kind of current way that fans uh, take in golf. And I'm not sure I'm saying this like correctly. I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, but uh, Sam Burns has been very active as a Callaway uh, representative, which Callaway, if anyone's been paying attention, has been extremely active over the last year of plugging their guys into uh, content creation situations, YouTube videos, TikToks, like they are pushing their guys in the modern way that fans take in golf. Do you think there was a bit of a push for, hey, Sam Burns has it? What's that? What's that thing in media that, that you got to score for how basically like how much um, like views you on a, on a program will take? I know it's a name for it, but you think there's some of that where Sam, like if it's between Sam Burns and Keegan Bradley, does that weigh in? The fact that Sam Burns is gonna is gonna carry more name recognition at this point. Not in the golf world. Keegan Bradley's been around longer. He's a major champion. I, I get what you're getting. He, at. He's I, been I, around longer, but I mean, rather, I don't think I don't think that factored in one iota. Okay. I think just strictly by the numbers and how well Sam uh, Sam puts the ball. The fact that he won the the match play earlier this year and this entire mm-hmm. thing is all match play. I think those factor into it. Uh, and I don't, I don't think so either. It was just a thought that went through my head. And you know me, I like to spit out these crazy thoughts when they happen. So this is why but I'm I, with you where I think Sam Burns seriously earned the position. So eh, I listen, it shocked the hell out of me. I really thought I had, I had all my money, my chips on Keegan. He finished 11th. Was he finished 11th or ninth in the rankings? He had Cam, a nice push in this tour championship. Like that's the thing. Keegan was there. He might yeah, not have been in the top four, but he was pushing. He was, he was chasing it, every, doing everything he could do from his position. And Cam Young was ninth and being ninth, 146th in the strokes gained putting. You can't have it. Keegan was 11th in the final standings. So it, it, I, I don't know. I think that I, I think that for, for nostalgia wanted it, but I've already talked myself into the fact that this is the, these, this is actually the right team. And I think the last piece for me was when it was revealed that uh, not revealed, but when I remembered that Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns are friends and this is all about pairs and teams and vibes and all that kind of shit. There was a good question somebody posed and whether or not, and the way the guy posted was kind of weird and back at backwards. He said, were there any other live players that that warranted a call because they were getting to the portion where hey what's it like to t- call these guys and let them know they're not making it like you know what was that like i mean and, do they uh, call the guys and tell them they're not or they only call the guys that they're saying yes to that's a good question like do you know they, they yeah no that's what he, they do both they'll they'll, okay. they'll let you know like hey guy because it's a respectful thing to do i mean it is almost like finding out you it's like honorable mention right it's like sure. all right it, there's really not like thanks i guess but everybody knows it's honorable and it's not like you know i didn't actually get there so it's that equivalent of they'll call him up and he says it sucks it's the worst part of the job that the you know is that kind of making those calls to let folks know it was tough we have to make good calls blah 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 
uh, and they were trying to find out, did you call Bryson DeChambeau or Dustin Johnson? And and he kind of made it clear that he didn't say yes or no. All he said was, I don't know. I, I got to look at my notes kind of thing. He's like, I went through the, the points list and went down as far as maybe 20 or 21 with making my phone calls. I would have to, you know, he's kind of going down that road. Yep. If Dustin Johnson was more active winning on live, I'd make an argument for him because he went five and zero last, you know, last time in whistling straights. And he's another one of those guys who's just a freaking baller. I mean, some of these guys, they can go anywhere and play at any time. Sure. Bryson was something that I saw somebody else make a make a case. The fact that he's just the way he's playing right now, where he is, he would probably be doing pretty well on tour and have earned it by points. Kind of the inverse of Brooksy's season, where Brooksy yeah. front loaded that and got got way up there. And I, I mean, respect that, but I think the fifty it was impressive. I mean, it's still a fifty eight. You still got to give it respect, I guess. Yeah, the, yes, at the Greenbrier Resort course. Well, yeah, well that's course. what we said at the time. It's the Greenbrier. Let's calm down. But still, it's still a, a feat. But I think more importantly is that the, the kind of just how much Zach's leaning into the the human side of it and the fact yes. that this is not a talent contest. It is a team event. Uh, and speaking of team events, the other one, the Walker Cup, is going on this weekend. I don't know if you caught that. Check that out. I didn't out. realize it was this weekend, but I knew it was coming up. So that's uh, that's good to know that it's happening this weekend. They do something interesting. They do two days. They're at the old course at St. Andrews. They do two days, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And they basically do alternate shot. They do alternate shot in the morning and then like eight singles in the afternoon on one day. And then they do alternate shot in the morning again. And uh, like oh. everybody plays singles in the afternoon on Sunday. So Walker Cup's oh. kind of dope. Are we seeing Alex Fitzpatrick in that? Is he playing in that this year? Alex Fitzpatrick's a pro. That's for the amateurs. Okay, uh, Alex, well, Alex Fitzpatrick would be a sneaky good sleeper of a pick just for the the fact that he's doing so well. He almost won a couple weeks ago. He made that run at the I Open. And you got his brother. wonder if they'd be a natural duo. I, I think we will see them play together on a Ryder Cup here Eventually. in the next five, ten years. I say that now, but we've also seen people catch lightning in a bottle once and then time flies and they don't, they never get it again. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So that's look, the, the Ryder cup is the other guy that I saw Dustin Johnson, Zach Johnson specifically uh, said that he, um, he has all the respect in the world for Dustin Johnson. thinks he's a great player. Like, so that's feels like someone he, he called to give the no to the honorable mention call to uh, just because he made a public point to come out and say, uh, good things about Dustin Johnson. So I feel like Dustin Johnson got that call, um, which be I'm kind of surprised by because D- Dustin Johnson was never really on my radar to make this team, if I'm being honest. He just wasn't. He's just the elder statesman at this point, which is funny because he's not that old. And he probably, know, right? and when he's playing good golf, but I think he meant, I don't know, man. I think maybe he mentally just kind of took the bag and rode off into the sunset and he's perfectly happy with that. And he's I doubt been perfectly it. honest about that too. She's but I also, this will be the first time that you're on the sidelines watching from home. I mean, yes, how many times have we years. seen this where people walk away from something and then they get one quick like reminder and they're right back in the saddle or, you know, the itch starts. And it'll also be interesting to see what happens to this after, you know, we finally hear about this agreement, whether these yeah. guys want to start coming back to the PGA tour or if live disbands um, or where that, how that plays out. But back to the, U- the, the team USA thing in Oh my God! What does it say? 2014, when Phil bet, you know, allegedly bet on that Ryder Cup for for them to win. Oh yeah. And 
the fact that we don't have like who is that who is that not the better but who is that kind of team elder on this one funny enough it's either jordan spieth or ricky fowler and i don't mean by you know technicality for any reason but i'm just saying like who's been around we've got a pretty young team and i think there's three or four rookies on there so that's it's it's got to be your that's what i'm saying it's got to be like jt and and spieth at this point like that's why i do think that played a role into jt making this team uh, and spieth also making the team although spieth has been in better more consistent form than jt all year um so but i think that played a role because they are at this point the guys who have been there done that they've done it since a since a rook as a rookie um and they can speak to some of these guys who are doing it for the first time they can kind of give them the the ins and outs of what their experience is going to be like from that perspective like your wyndham clark's like there's a little bit of part of me as well as Wyndham Clark has played this year and we've loved picking him in tournaments. It worries me a little bit that Wyndham Clark might have, you know, might be a little wide eyed going into this. I see they've, somebody has got Tony fee now down here listed as a snub and I don't think he's a snub. I just no, think I saw that too. And I Tony, I wanted Tony Fino nowhere near this team. Yeah, he's got I'm a good, I, I love Tony fee now, but I just don't think he had it this year for this, for this atmosphere. You know, it's funny is he's got a better, even though Ricky did finish higher in the points, he's got a better record than Ricky when it comes to the Ryder Cup. Ricky's got an all-time losing sure. record. So he you could actually make an argument that he is there for morale. But Lucas Glover, we've already been over that one. Another one I saw out here is Denny McCarthy. And so, I don't know whose pipe dream that is. He finished 14th in the final yeah. standings, which is in that arena of, I guess so. Sure. I mean, we got JT at 16th. But, but we were talking on, the other week of cutting it off at him for the guys who had a possibility. And the only reason why we, we even cons- talked about cutting him out of it. Well, yeah, the only reason why we considered even having him in the conversation was because of his putting ability. Yeah. And, you know, and at that point, in that, in that situation, in that case, to, I think the, what we both agree with is Keegan Bradley has been putting just as good. So why would Denny McCarthy make it over Keegan Bradley at this point? And he wouldn't, in my opinion. So, yeah, t- I agree. Denny McCarthy was never really in it for me either. Really, Keegan Bradley. I keep going back to that in my brain too. Keegan's the only one that I could yeah. call a true. So I will. Snub. I will. Say, I will say maybe Cam Young is the only one I'd be considered to maybe put that label on it, only because I think Cam Young carries the type of attitude that you need for something like that. Like oh, that edge. Like I think Cam Young is the type of guy that he would turn on, turn it on when needed in in a, in a specific situation. And I don't mean necessarily turn on his play, but I think he would turn on that edge to where he's he's hyper focused on winning. And so I like I, he's the only one I would consider. But I agree, Keegan's really the only one I would come close to labeling as a snub. Keep going back to Cam Young, just can't putt right now. And outside of outside of outside of kind of capturing again lightning in a bottle at the Open Championship last year, where he came very very close. Top 10 at the Open this year and top 10 at the Masters. But outside of that, he missed the cut at the PGA, the Memorial. And again, he's just putting like absolute garbage. As I say that, he had seven and a half gain, strokes gained uh, at the BMW Championship. Uh, but he didn't make it to Eastlake. And I think that's the other argument nope. against you. How, you know, it's kind of the, the college football equivalent of how are you going to get in the, if you can't win your conference, how can you, how should you be able to win your national sure. championship? Although that's, fucking arguments right out the window especially well now know. with all the realignments going on yeah who knows what, but but i i fully agree with that with that thinking speaking now. of football how's your draft going for those of you who don't know our boys yeah. been doing a, a football draft <laughs> how many like leagues are you in 
too many. Uh, no, so I I think so. I have this this draft literally just ended as you asked me that. So I took my kicker as always with my last pick. So I'm good there now. Um, this draft went good. I was happy with this draft. I got another draft on Thursday night, and then my last draft, my home league draft with the with the boys, uh, is on Sunday. You so live for this shit. I mean, like I we're... live for this shit. Draft season is great. I'm in. Uh, I think when I counted, I'm, I believe I'm in 15 leagues this year. Now, I will say not all of them are leagues. Not all of them are leagues I have to pay attention to. About half, if not more than half, of those are best ball leagues on DraftKings and Underdog, things like that. To where once you draft, like you, the computer does all the work for you. You don't pick up oh, guys really? with the waiver wire. You don't make lineup changes. It just automatically puts in your best lineup based off of the guys that you drafted. So. Half of the half, if not more than half of those 15 are best balls, and I don't have to touch. But I'm still talking probably like six or seven leagues that I have to like make changes to every week. So it's fun. I love it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I just got the text message from the one, the one, the one fan the one league. <laughs> uh, league that I do every, uh, or that I've been doing the last few years with a bunch of camp friends 56 minutes in. And, uh, there we go. And I'm, right. I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm into it. I, I think that yeah. I can't get, I'm going to be getting a lot of mileage out of the Ryder cup over the next month as we've discussed. Yes. But after that, I can't really get fully into this fall swing. I'm not too curious about these, these tournaments anymore when now there's a quote, I guess the, the, the new season doesn't start until January, but we're going to have yeah. fall tournaments that you and I may or may not look at fantasy uh, fantasy mm. for, because yeah. the guy, the, the the main it'd be like doing not corn fairy we're not going that low but it would be like doing uh, nothing but john deere classics uh for an entire month so we are going to be focusing on on some football some other some other golf content yeah. off the course you know we'll have some guests coming up over the next few months but uh it's been it's been one hell of a season i'm looking forward to next season and how the fact that it's almost every other week is going to be a signature event or a major well done pga yeah. tour uh, we're also going to find out in the coming weeks and months what's happening with this non-merger merger. But yep. uh, again, back to the football thing. I'm pumped. I got my one league. You've got your 15 leagues. My my Georgia Bulldogs have got the softest Charmin schedule that has ever been imagined for oh, a two nice for them, right? Well, part of the reason is I think we had a home and home with Oklahoma that was supposed to start this year. And since Oklahoma's coming into the SEC as part of the realignment stuff happening next year, they basically were told don't do that game. Like it's a waste of a, it's a, it's a waste of like a whole thing now that you might be playing much more frequently than, than anticipated. So sure. Uh, I, I don't even think there's a game that they're going to be in until October that I'm going to really play it, pay, pay too much attention to, to be honest with you. Take, take advantage, take advantage of the nice fall foliage up here in new England. Maybe go apple picking a time or two. I know you're a basic bitch and love you some apple picking too. You're going to be in so many apple picking pictures this fall. Cause you, cause you've got a, um, I'm not going to say it's significant other. That sounds so formalized, but you nah, have whatever. somebody. We're, like, we're, in a, we're in our thirties. We're not playing games. It's a significant other. I love it. it. it it's is. a whole different, it's a whole different series, series of, uh, it really is. Games. It is, but yeah. So we are gonna we're gonna find out a way to to carry over our little friendly competition into football this year. Uh, we briefly talked about it before the show. We'll we'll get more details in the coming weeks, but we're gonna do some sort of little uh, mini fantasy weekly competition uh, between the two of us here, just to keep it interesting. So look forward to that. 
we might even just do yeah we're just going to do a couple of head-to-heads you pick you know we'll take three positions pick a guy and it's just no different than head-to-heads in golf whoever finishes with more points there's your winner oh then we'll just do a full daily fantasy lineup pick then salary and all see how let's go that's that's gonna gonna be like a whole new like animal for you because i don't know how much dfs football you've played on like DraftKings or anything but yeah, oh, exactly. I, mean, I, I, I do this FanDuel stuff, but I call my buddy Laz, who outside of you is one of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes to fantasy sports. And he actually is probably the leader in the clubhouse just because he's got sheer That's experience fine. on us is the friendly word that I'm going to use. Shout out to Laz. But uh, yeah, I, I got to say, once again, it's been a hell of a season. Uh, you go back through everything with John Rahm at the beginning, Scotty Scheffler with his consistency, and Victor Hovland kind of having the summer of you know the summer of a lifetime, capped off by a FedEx yep. Cup win. I look forward to 2024, and I look forward to the Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks, and I look forward to uh, catching up with you next week as we take a look at Marco Simone outside of Rome, and we talk about some uh, Ryder Cup history. Yes, so we will be back here Tuesday, 8 o'clock here on the Fantasy Sports Corporation. And hopefully next week we will be talking to the European team. We'll see if they get their final picks and we might have to wait another week, but we'll see. Either way, we will be here every Tuesday, 8 o'clock, Fantasy Sports Corporation. This is Divots and Pivots. I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard. This is Bud Copeland. I'm pointing the wrong way because of great mirrored cameras. And we will see you next week, everybody. Have a great night.